Welcome to Profitable Powerhouse Properties with the AHI Group. I am Jonathan Cook, and with me as always, Brian Jenkins. It's just us today. It is just us. No guests. In studio. In studio. Got the mic. Got no the Zoom. laptop. No Zooms. I mean, there there is Zoom. I record on Zoom. Okay. No Zoom. No Zoom meeting. No There's Zoom no video. I've just got a background here, Brian. It's, not, it's, it's nothing. Nice. But you know, we haven't done one of these in a while, but... I, I like the idea of when you and I get to talk and there's, there's not a, there's not an agenda of talking about a new vendor. There's not an agenda about, Oh, look at this cool one thing that we found. I like to occasionally get back to the basics, the, the concepts that we work with on a daily basis, why they matter, why we do what we do. Like we've been recently working with a lot of investors, doing presentations, doing consulting with people, working on, you know, projects with other property managers. Um, We've got uh, conferences coming up. We do all these things constantly. But like the thing that you and I keep bringing up and we have a lot recently is like our triple win philosophy and and what that is. but, But it's something that even before... Like you named it, like this is the triple win. That's what this is. That's in coining that. It was a thing that we, you had been teaching everyone in this office to always do. And it was, it's something that I think just all of us here naturally kind of veer toward. Right. And a lot of that is due to you, like just your influence over all of us and how we, you know, handle questions from tenants or owners or vendors or what it's. I want you to talk about what it is, what it is, what it is. So, um, but then also like how it, how it, it seeps into everything. It does because if you, um, if you lean one direction too far, it throws things out of whack. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, you said something earlier today when we were talking through uh, a presentation, uh, you were saying that you can often meet two wins but for you to make a triple win, that's when it really clicks. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think what I'll do first is, is kind of give a brief explanation on what the triple win philosophy is. So the triple win philosophy is when we're looking at creating a new procedure or rolling out a new system uh, to create that stickiness factor we've often discussed about uh, working with tenants and landlord clients. So to create that stickiness, to keep tenants intact for longer periods of time, to create environments where an owner wants to retain our services for longer period of time. And when we're talking about the the triple win philosophy is one to where it benefits all three parties. So it's going to benefit the client. It's going to benefit the customer who is the resident. And it's going to benefit the management company. And that's like, that's like every time that we get to one where we go, it's, that's a no brainer. It's because that's why, that's why all of these, and we've said it on the podcast so many times, something is a no brainer, Rhino, Simple Bills, Second Nation, all these things are like, well, of course, why wouldn't you do that? But every time I think about one of those things, the reason why they are no brainers is because they're triple wins. Yeah. The triple win. Every one of them is. Triple win. So we use Second Nature as an example. It's a great example. Okay. So the, the triple win philosophy applies. Shout out to nature. Andrew and Tyler and everybody. Absolutely, These guys were, uh, helped me realize this philosophy. And, and I think I've always operated under the pretense of philosophy, but just speaking with these guys and understanding, you know, their view on it, uh, was, was just clarified everything for me. So you take something as simple as filter being delivered to a property every other month. The resident benefit is that they're saving 10 to 15% on their utility bills. Mm-hmm. The other benefit to the resident is that the air filter shows up at the door. They don't have to go buy a package. They don't have to something online. They don't have to do anything. Just pick up the I mean, like, that, like I say, I say it in my owner presentations about like, oh, you, you know, you don't want your tenant to have to remember, oh, all right, when I leave work today, I got to stop at Home Depot oh, or Walmart or whatever. And, oh, and I got to remember what size it is. And then, of course, by the time they had a hard day at work, they're heading home, they forget. Or they don't feel like going. Or they don't feel like going and they get home like, I'll change it. I'll change it tomorrow. And they say that for two or three weeks until they forget. Right. 
and then it's gone. When you're shopping online on Amazon or something, that's the last thing you want to do is order air air filters for your house, right? You'd rather order something more fun. But it's so easy to have a delivery. So the other benefit of the the filter is to the resident is that it actually comes with an expiration date, reminding them to change by a certain Mm -hmm. date. So think about even if they worked, it wasn't that big of a deal to get Home Depot. Mm -hmm. They still wouldn't have that. Uh, if it were delivered by Amazon, it still wouldn't have that. Yeah. So, so those are three benefits to the resident. So, benefit to the homeowner, long and short of it, through the several years of research now in the South, a homeowner is going to save up to about forty percent on maintenance cost per year on their AC system. It's so apparent too. Like we 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 look back through our software system, looking through all the maintenance on it, because you and I did that research couple months ago just kind of yeah. curious what our numbers are this isn't just like second nature bought and fed no, line no, 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 no. this is this was brian and i being research junkies going let's look well and i'll talk to other let's look operators outside of our own firm to see if they're experiencing similar results in southeast you know it's hotter here more humid air conditioning systems run more frequently so the other benefit <laughs> to the owner, obviously, is uh, with the reduced maintenance costs also comes longevity of life for the equipment. So you're keeping cleaner system, longevity of life, you lessen the, the uh, maintenance cost on the unit. And I've failed to mention the, the cleaner air for the residents. Too. So that yeah. was a benefit. Cleaner to air, right. lowered utility costs for right. them. It's delivered, so, it's easy. So, and then last but not least, the property management. Yeah. It's like, how does it benefit the property management company? Well, the, the most glaring benefit to us is ensuring that air filters are changed out on a regular basis. Yes, yeah. it's compliance. Yeah, because given, you know, if it's given to the tenant to do on their own, regardless if they sign the lease or not, uh, when we got into it and we decided to do something breezy at the time, that's now second nature, mm-hmm. uh, we were experiencing about 90% of our residents that were required to do it and didn't, would not do it. And we would find them on periodic walkthroughs. We'd find them on turns. And there was no date. So it's just, nah, so it's, you're going to look at ones that's caked. Right. And if it's caked, it's not a month off. Well, it's not just pop that out, pop the new filter <laughs> in it. Have the, you know, have the condenser clean, uh, have the system serviced. So there's more expense. And then you're chasing the expense for somebody that's moved out or maybe somebody that's intact. So it makes our job easier just by setting it up on the front and making a benefit to the to the resident. So well, it's so also easier on our maintenance crew. Like during exactly. the summertime. Exactly. I mean, yes, I mean it seems well, you talk about 40%, 40% less, mm-hmm. okay, on the maintenance expense to the owner, which also means less work orders being issued. And those are emergency work orders in Everyone the else. summer. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, and I just that ran saves it. Tim an hour on a Saturday, or maybe way more than that. I probably. mean, we're we're running as a company. We are currently running about 450 work orders per month. Okay. Uh, we were looking at some other numbers today, but that was just Appfolio. So, yeah. Okay. Our other part of our system is the difference. So, about 450 work orders per month. It that. also goes to tell me what classifications those yes. are. <laughs> and that's on a little less than 1,100 single-family homes. So. Uh, mathematically, that's a lot of work orders, and that's this time of the year. So you give it a couple more months. We're ex- you know we're expected to be in the 90s this week, mm-hmm. and then it's only going to go up from there. And with the with the increase, until September, particularly that initial wave yeah. of heat increase, uh, we're going to see a significant number of work orders issued for for heat being out or ACB. Prime example of a triple win in the triple win philosophy. So if we use that to measure everything that we're doing. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to be more successful in what we're doing because we're we're creating that stickiness all the way around, and it's you know it's our stickiness on our side mm-hmm. is team buy-in. Yeah. So if they see, hey, this is going to make things better for our operation, we're going to be better operators because of it. It's going to reduce the workload. It's going to make things more efficient. Because you have to give someone an incentive to do something. Even people here that that we. No and love. Historically, and people hate change. Yeah, of course they hate change. So you've got to give them a reason to do it. I mean, that's not just tenants and homeowners. It's, I mean, it is people that work with us in our offices and stuff. You've got to give them a reason to do it. Now, our team is heads and shoulders above, in my opinion, what I've seen out there in terms of being able to handle something like that. 
we do like staying top of class. We 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 are the the nerd kid that sits in the front row and raises his hand at every question. Be the measuring stick. Yeah, we are. Yeah. I mean, and and our office is. I mean, I, I'm, I pick on the little bit of time that it it we have to incentivize some people. But the reality is, as far as what our compliance looks like is also is very solid. It definitely is. Our team is incredible. But when we look at every aspect of it, like the, the majority of the time is it's it's not, hey, can we, the, the leg of the triple win that is short is very rarely us, is the, is the point here. I mean, and so to, to the investors out there that are listening, if you adopt this philosophy, the, the concept of that triple win, It'll help you curb your expectations, but also, I mean, this is where I'm getting to, there's a why that we do things. When I call it, when, when an investor, I mean, a perfect example was just a few moments ago before we got on this call, I had an investor calling me about a property that he wants me to take over. He wants us to take it. Hey, I need you to manage my property. And I mean, you know, I, I need you to do what I need you to do. Great. He has a need and he's telling me all about it. It's a great property. Great. I'm glad it's I've got people that are ready to, to rent it. I mean, I got tons of people that are ready to rent this property. Great. I got it listed about $400 over market value. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. So let's, let's slow down here for a minute. And then he starts telling me about this as I'm pulling, and I'm walking him through the why I do it the way that I do it. I walked him through my process of a market analysis. I walked him through the Rentimeter. I walked him through the Rent Facts. I walked him through the Zillow. I walked him through my MLS market search, my MLS neighborhood search, and my MLS comp search. I pull out the Excel spreadsheet, show him the map. I'm like, this is everything. Right now, we're just looking at comps from within this many blocks of your property. These are homes that were built in the same time frame and have a similar uh, architecture as yours, have a similar size lot as yours, similar bedrooms, bath. This is... These are the best comps for it, and they're pulling like under a thousand dollars a month, like nine seventy-five. He's wanting to get, oh, I mean, minimum I can take is twelve hundred for it. After he's already told me he only has thirty-seven thousand in the house, so that's him hitting a big win. That's a single win for sure. And I, and, I, and I explained to him the reality is if I take that property and we put a tenant in there at twelve hundred dollars a month, it sounds like. The two wins are for me and you, but we know that that's not true because what happens when we place a tenant in an overpriced home? What is like 90% of the time, the reason that we're able to place it, why we do the triple win? This is the why. Why it meets two of three wins. And we're not one of the two. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there are certain aspects. uh, If you looked at just generally at fees uh, associated with the management services, You could say we were a winner in that situation as well because the, the rate's higher than it normally would be, right? So you can make that argument. However, and however, you okay. got to collect that money to pay it out. Um, that's exactly right. So first, first aspect of that would be if it's that far overpriced, a well-qualified applicant's not going to apply for the property. Not even a little bit. No. So then you're going to be stuck with you're going to, if you get any applications on the property, they're going to be under or not qualified at all. So if you're assuming and you're taking that under or not qualified applicant, and you're placing them in the property, there's like Rhino. However, sure. however that, that shouldn't be the solution. That should it's be not. the exception. It is. So because your, your, your percentage of probability of the person defaulting and or tearing up the property which both of those are going to have, you know, they're going to they're going to come up with carrying costs associated with those. Of course, so they're they're not paying rent. They're in there. It's a dangerous time to be doing that model to start with, because right now, as many people know, CDC eviction moratorium is being legally challenged. However, it's set to expire six thirty. May get it's extended. Still out technically again. in we place. Know. It's in place. We've right. watched them extend it three other times. That's right. Yeah. So let's see, it was December to January, January to March, March, no, March to June. June. And, so we've uh, seen him do it. Well, there, yeah. There's there's and plenty of precedent to have him go, changes, eh, push it back again. It's a good probability it may extend out of the property is limited or restricted. So, so that's one aspect. The other aspect people don't think about is if you put the underqualified or unqualified applicant in there and make them a renter and they're in the property, there's really two more things to look at. First, they're 
you know, if you run the percentages, the averages, it's very likely they're going to damage the property of because course. they don't care about the property. Mm-hmm. Okay. They don't care about their financial track record, mm-hmm. building their credit, that sort of thing. And I'll put everybody a broad brushstroke into, you know, one, one painting, if you will. But at the same point, I'm just, I'm just speaking averages in 21 years of property sure. investment experience. Yeah. So in the final, and the final piece is if you put a higher risk applicant in there and they're paying higher than market rents, they're not caring for the property, or at least don't realize they haven't paid too much of this mm-hmm. So then they're going to be looking. And quite honestly, they're they're likely going to find that's one year tenancy. Something. That's a one year tenant. And that's another turnover and associated term cost for all those damages that the and so even though the owner thinks, oh, I'm winning here is getting you're getting really, a body and a property. You're getting a body and a property. So that, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. And we see some management companies that actually, unfortunately, have that strategy. Well, quick, quick lease-ups, right? Sure. But then with that, at some point, and I've seen it from C-class to A-class, mm-hmm. every step along the way, you may have somebody that pays you four months. You may have somebody that pays you six months. But by the end of the day, you're going to have late payments or no payments, damage to your property, and quicker turnover with associated days on uh, down days, days mm-hmm. on market, and turn cost. And so, really, the there's nobody that actually even wins in that scenario. The owner does, the tenant doesn't ultimately we'll even win. Wins. They are. They are all faux. All four or all three of them are faux wins because yeah. a tenant has a place to stay for a little bit, but they're paying way more than what they need to. We get slightly higher management, you know, percentages for a little while, but then they end up costing us way more headache. And that even if we ever collect them, the homeowner gets higher rent inconsistently and then carries a lot of heavier costs from that. Right. When, and, and like, so that is like a specific example of the reason. So in my owner presentation, when I, when I lean heavy on our tenant, our, our resident benefits package and what that does for the homeowner, like, like I, I, Early in a conversation with a new homeowner, I, I go to express our resident benefits package and why it's important. And the homeowners oftentimes will, will stop me for and be like, I mean, that's great that that residents get all this stuff, but like, how, how does that affect me? And I'm like, I assure you it does. Let, let's let's walk through this piece by piece. And like, I, first of all, I'm going to lease your, your property quicker because of these services that we have in place. You know, we do rhino policies, we do simple bills. This lowers that barrier to entry so that a higher quality tenant sees they value in this and thus moves in quickly and they're a higher quality tenant. Because what is the first thing that that a tenant does when they're looking for a property? They look at it on Zillow. Of course they do. You you pull up a Zillow and every property, whether you want it to or not, it's going to have that rentals estimate outside of it. Whether and half the time, I think they're ridiculous. I think those numbers are. I don't think they're accurate. I mean, they're not. They're not very accurate, but they're a decent idea. And if you've got your property marketed higher than a rentals estimate, first of all, wow, you're probably way over market if you're higher than a rentals estimate. But if you over a rentals estimate, a, a tenant sees that. They very clearly can see that and go, well, I'm paying over market value. And a good quality tenant that's looking for the values, the looking for the benefits of renting a property, aren't just looking for a house. They're not looking for, long gone are the days of, I need this address because this one has these gorgeous floors. And Nope, renters are, I'm looking for a nice home in this general area that is a good value. Of course they are. Well, especially in what were those numbers we looked at today? Yeah. It was like eighty percent value today's is the number one. Yeah. Value is number one. Uh, today's marketplace and something else we were touching upon in an earlier conversation was the limited availability. Sure. And uh, how we had dropped our availability year to year from twenty nineteen to current has dropped two thirds. Yeah. Two thirds. Think about three that we used to have available. Mm-hmm. So, and that's. That's not just a child properties. That's everybody across the board. Yeah. That's the perfect. But that's not even just Birmingham. That's yeah. Huntsville. That's Mobile. Exactly. That's Oklahoma City. That's Atlanta. We just talked to Dee about it. It's yeah. the same thing. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's 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 interesting how that's both a good for a good lot of people. Bad, it's right? a good and a bad. <laughs> and that because I mean we sell we we sell a lot of homes. We've sold a lot of homes this year. That's great. Well, the average in in. 
the other thing is the average property management company is losing between 10 and 15 percent of our portfolio inventory mm-hmm. to residential sales each year. Yeah. So if you're an investor listening, one one thing you might want to think about is also, hey, contact us. Let us know you're looking. Yeah. Create the buy box. And we have opportunities. In, oh, we definitely doors. Market opportunities are where you actually are able to find and, and make an impact. Because Joe and I were, are working with an investor out of Florida, and, and she asked us to go look at a property that had been on the market. Like it hit the market one day, and we went to go see it the next day. And it, and like we get out to the property trying to find the lockbox. It's like, oh, I've already pulled the lockbox. I'm, I'm, I'm finalizing a contract on it. Okay. And the house is falling apart. I'm like, you're already fine. Yeah, we're finalizing a contract. It was 20000 over. Okay. Well, that's that echoes what we were talking about earlier. We have another client that, you know, they were thinking about selling one of their investment portfolio homes and, and uh, just simply put it on Zillow as a coming soon and uh, got an offer within a number of hours for 20000 over. When they, when they hit the active market, that that's gone. Zillow. I know. It's just, that's just popping on Zillow. So if you're if you're an investor and looking, and that's another investor, that is not it is another yeah, that's true. That is true. an over market from another investor just to get the property. But that means if you're an investor looking for a property, you need to call property management companies to see if we have anything that they haven't hit Zillow, haven't hit MLS, because that's the only way you're yeah, going to get them. Don't think to to contact management firms. They'll they'll go to real estate agents and they'll start to work with real estate agents. We're all realtors as well. Each state differs, obviously, mm-hmm. but um, but in Alabama and Oklahoma, uh, we, we have to be licensed. So with that, and again, back to that internal supply of homes yeah. that we know, it's like I was just emailing somebody today who brought it up on our team meeting this morning, mm-hmm. one in Montgomery. It's like, you know what? Tenants performing excellent. It's up for lease renewal. It's going to have an increase, mm-hmm. and the owner wants to get rid of it. How motivated is that owner? Yeah. And uh, how many how many investor clients do we have? Several. Whether it's one or small portfolio. I mean, large portfolios are harder and harder to find. But, mm-hmm. um, but ultimately, just stick that away. And uh, when you're looking for something, I mean, there's a variety of different ways to find investment properties, but that's certainly one that uh, is often overlooked. True. But back to the whys. Back to the why we do what we do. What? You know, the funny thing is, it's it's always initially, and it's always been the triple win philosophy, but not understanding exactly why or what that was. Okay. Give me an example of what that, what do you mean? So I think it's it's always been a focus on maximizing long-term profits for a client. Okay. So in the way we're trying to help do that through our processes is minimize damage. Mm-hmm. and property that's to the best of our ability. So that okay. means, you know, it's something as simple as identifying deferred maintenance, for instance, recocking windows, mm-hmm. sealing of a deck, you know, taking care of stuff down the road, identifying it, notifying our owners, say, hey, we noticed this, this deck needs to be cleaned and restained to preserve the wood, to keep it from rotting out. These windows need to be recocked to prevent any damage, mm-hmm. moisture damage to the windows, energy efficiency, that sort of thing. And, and you can look at each of those and, and argue that there's, you know, there's a win in it for all three parties again. Yeah, absolutely. On some level. But I think initially it was focusing on those things, focusing on the client, but doing it in such a way that we've always been, we know who we represent, mm-hmm. that we're always fair to our customers. Yeah. Right. For a longer period of time, which goes back into the win category for the, mm-hmm. for the owner, for the client in our own as well and into the resident because mm-hmm. they're not having to move. You know, they're not having to do all the utilities again and go through the whole moving cycle. I'm, well, I'm in the middle of that right now and it stinks. <laughs> I know. Well, that, that goes back to basically the, the reason that we, we work our tenant or our resident benefits package. What we do. The whole thing is designed to keep the tenant in longer, keep them happy. You make you give the the resident a win. Hey, so that was the initial, but then it's even focused. Yeah, think about like we're talking about today, like TPPR, yeah, Cred Hub, mm-hmm. Pinata. Mm-hmm. All those are designed not only to keep them in longer, yeah, 
but also pay yeah, to keep them paying a long time, time early. Correct. So. And, and to show them a benefit, every one of those things have a benefit to that to the resident. Yeah, yeah, of course they do. TPPR is like that. That is, in my opinion, it's one of the things that set us apart for a lot of in a lot of ways. There's not a lot of people that do anything really well, we even saw close the, to it. The lease renewal spike percentage. Yeah, the monthly. Absolutely. <laughs> so so for. For listeners, the TPPR is a internalized system that we created that reports back to the owner, ultimately, tenant score. It's a it's like a report card for a tenant throughout the lease. That's, that, that's, that's, that's a really, that's like, that's ultimately what it is. It is because we're already doing all these things anyways. We're already checking up on the tenant's ledger. We're already checking up on the condition report and we're already making sure that they don't violate the lease. Those are things that we're already doing as a company. Like that's just- that's, But with that comes to understanding from the resident when you score that. Yeah. That, oh, so you mean if I pay mm-hmm. and I don't violate the lease, then I'll get a better rate. Yeah, of course you will. Why wouldn't you? Because Because we're putting the data to an analysis instead of just holding it. Right. I mean, I mean, before we did the TVPR, it's it was, you, you kind of got to look at it and whoever's either, doing it. How good is this tenant? Right. How good is this tenant? Uh, they're they're okay. Which is what most management. Of course it is. How good is my tenant? I mean, they're they're okay. They pay on time. They they do a pretty good job. How good is my tenant? Your tenant is an eight point three four out of ten. Excuse me, what? Your tenant is an eight point three four out of ten, and this is how we factor that. And it's the way that we factor them is it's, it's a three category analysis. It's their ledger line, which points are deducted in a sliding scale of severity. If they pay on, I mean, rent is due on the first. We don't charge a, a late fee until the fourth. Um, we have a three day grace period. But if you've paid on the second, late, I'm sorry, that's a point deduction. You don't, there's no monetary fee to that, right. but you're still, you get a point deducted. Right. Sorry. And that's going to lower your score. Now, if you pay on the, the second, that's you have way less severe of a consequence than if you paid on the 16th right. or the 20th. And it's just a sliding scale. So, hey, I had two months where I paid on the second. Cool. You, got, you scored an eight on your ledger line. If you've scored a 10 and everything else, your score is still going to be incredibly high, way above average. That's not a big deal. But now, then we look at the condition report of the property, and it's the same thing. It's a sliding scale of severity. Hey, you've got scuffs on walls and stains on carpet. Yes, yeah, so does everybody. Whoop-de-doo. You can't live in a house without but doing that. it's also that. reviewing against the move-in. Of so course it is. Baseline from the move-in. Yeah, yeah. You have a baseline. Depending on the situation, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and then comparing the periodic or periodics or lease renewals. Yeah. Uh, all those that were. It's, right. it's, a, it's the comparison. Right. Oh, okay. Well, that's less severe than I can. First, can I clean it? That, that's really your, your kind of scale of least severe. Can I clean it? Can I repair it? Do I have to replace it? Or did we set the house on fire? Like what, what's, what, what, are we, what are we looking at here in terms of scale? And then the same thing goes with the lease violations. There are much more minor lease violations than. Oh, yeah. well, there's some that's like, you know, Tim always refers to, they had a blue garden home. A garden hose. Yeah, excuse me. That's a lease Instead violation. Instead of the green that's required by the HOA. I'm so sorry. But now, if you let your grass get seven feet high and you haven't ever cut it, and you've got a car sitting out in the side of your yard on blocks, hey, hopefully we haven't let you get to that point. But if you Most do it all in a week, that wouldn't fly. Yeah. What a bit. The point is, is you have a sliding scale of severity on all of them, and that's what that TPPR is designed to do. It tracks all of them, so that we can come back to our owners and say, "All right, Mr. Owner." Um, your tenant at one, two, three road street, whatever, scored a 8.3 out of 10. And that relates to their current rent rate is this, the current market evaluation is this. With that score, we suggest you to increase the rent amount to this. We give them a range and the higher their score is, the lower that range is going to be. The lower that score so there's is, still an it's, there's always an increase. Always an increase. You can't not get an increase. And and also think about it from the standpoint of the way that the presentation is done back to that tenant. It's not just an arbitrary rent increase. That's why it's a triple win. When we go back to that tenant, we go, look, we we evaluated you the entire time of the this this has this is just data points. It's not anybody is feeling any certain way about you. It is here are the data points. That means that your score is this. With that score, 
we are happy to offer you a rent renewal at whatever this new rent renewal rate is, which is so far below market value or whatever it ends up being. Because it's it's data. The reason that tenants get mad about a uh, rent increase, you can increase their rent a dollar, they're going to have a come apart, but some will. will. But the the reason why is because they feel like it's arbitrary. We're excited to tell you about our new partnership with Rhino. Rhino can replace security deposit requirements with an affordable insurance policy that the tenant pays instead of having to pay more money up front. The service is very straightforward and it was super quick to implement. We know that this is a no-brainer. If you're looking to increase your occupancy rate and increase your NOI by reducing your days on market, head to sayrhino.com today and check them out. That's in my experience. That's what it. That's right. what it seems to be. You're just arbitrarily raising my rent for no reason. But even no. taking a snapshot of okay, here's your valuation now. You're setting them up for success next year. Absolutely. So they're working the entire next year to get the best rate possible uh-huh. for them. Absolutely. And so you create, you give them a sense of control. The tenant has a sense of control there. The tenant understands where they can improve, where they where they need to be. You under you let them know. Look, Start over. You start at a 10. You sign a lease renewal. Hey, you start back at a 10. I mean, it is a clean slate every year. We, they, you give them their chance to make their lives better. And the homeowner always gets a rent increase. And we have the data points to prove it, and it makes it easier for us. All those things make it, because, make it to where a tenant, a, a resident in that property, feels that they are not just a body taking up a room. They're cared for. We, we track and we notice and we, how good of a tenant they are, because I, I can't tell you how many times that ten, I'm such a good tenant. Well, are you, I, I want to know if they are, because if they are, it should matter. Does a good tenant matter? Yeah, it definitely does. Good tenants make more money. Good tenants are a better profit because yeah, let's say instead of increasing it to $1,500 a month rent, from fourteen hundred, we increase it for fourteen fifty because they were such a good rent. Now that homeowner, they're out fifty dollars a month, Brian. Oh no, no, they're not. Because no, if that's if that's a tenant that only gets a fifty dollar increase to fourteen fifty because they're such a good tenant, what does that end up saving them? Uh, turn costs, uh, vacancy time, delinquency. I mean, a ton of stuff there. How much? How much is fifty dollars a month end up being in a year? Oh, that's only. 600 bucks. How, how much is 600 bucks in terms of the value of it? A good quality tenant. Oh, that's cheap. Yep. Oh, that's real cheap. I'll pay, I'll pay a thousand dollars. There's another, there's another factor tenant. that gets placed in, in you know, the example we gave under or unqualified applicant becoming a renter is that's the delinquency number that goes into that, yep. that formulation. So, so then you have delinquency Yeah. So if you're an average investor, let's say you purchase a property, you set aside even a reserve because you're trying to be a responsible investor and you try and put the highest price property or tenant you can in this property. They pay you over the market. Hey, for for a month or two, everything looks great. Or well, they sign the lease and it looks great. After month one, what, what does the tenant say? Oh, well, I mean, I just had all these moving costs. That, that security deposit. I had to set up utilities, and I had I had all these costs. So I'm sorry. Hey, look, month two, month two. I'm gonna be a little bit late on month two, but like that makes sense, right? And realistically, to to the average consumer or homeowner investor, that does seem to make sense. All right, I just came out two thirds of my entire monthly income just to move into the property. I just I, all those moving expenses really set me back. Look, it's month two. Give me a month to catch up. Month I, once I pay it. Look, I get paid on a weird schedule. I only get paid every other week. How many times have we heard that, Brian? More, more times than I want to. Well, it's whether, whether or not you, you listen to all those stories and get wrapped up in all those stories, which is what happens to an individual landlord. Or of course it does. Or an agent managing property. Of course, because they all make sense. Logically, not, that makes sense. It does, but it's not, it's not a business decision. That's a, <laughs> it's not. It's a personal interaction at that point. Yeah, but, but they tell you that story. Okay, well, fine. Okay, month two, you expect month two to be late. Month three, on time. Well, 
on time. They paid on the second, but it, that's on time. Or they pay it in the penalties. Then, well, we hadn't made it. But, but over a year's time period, it's always something. And there's a little thing. And then they'll, they'll redeem themselves or in your eyes, they redeem themselves. Oh, I've come up with a new way that I'm, I'm going to pay you. Uh, I'm going to pay you twice a month. I'm going to pay you at the end of the month. But this is for the next month, even though they're delinquent a month. So it doesn't, they're not even really catching up. But, but, you know, tenants and, you know, really hate to throw anybody under the bus. But there are property managers that accept these kinds of answers oh, and, and, and give them out. And so you're right. It's usually uh, an agent that's kind of doing this on the side. And they don't, they don't know the ins and outs. They don't know what they don't know. And so that makes sense logically. And, and, and so I hate to say it, but, but the investor goes a year, year and a half of really it's bad management of oh, their yeah. business. Yeah, we've talked about that cycle in the past. It's, you know, 40,000 property management companies across the U.S., roughly 6,500 of those companies are Markham companies. Mm-hmm. And so that's a lot of property management companies across the U.S. that are not what I consider best in class sure. operators. So an owner gets involved with a management company. And I think the cycle that we, when we evaluated the scenario on average, two, was two, bad, bad, property two bad property management companies for a minimum of a four year, it's five, years. five years. That's right. So it was a five year uh, relationship. Basically. Yeah. But and two it, bad relationships. It's two bad relationships. Cycle. It takes five years Before to really recognize it. To a good manager that yeah. they're paying a fair rate for, for great service. And, and I don't know if we've actually walked through that process on the podcast. We, have not. I, it, we haven't, but, but if you track what that is, and that's not just arbitrary, this is from multiple stories from multiple clients that we currently manage yeah. because they'll tell us yeah. their stories. They all I mean me and you hear those stories all the time. We, and we see it firsthand. I mean, we just, you know, we were talking about, you know, the, the whole scenario with the under or unqualified applicant becoming a resident. I mean, we just took one in a few months ago in our Huntsville office that four months into the lease on a new construction, A-class, build-to-rent asset needed a complete interior repaint. And they were already delinquent two months, four months into the lease. (laughs) So not only are you chasing delinquency, but you've got term cost. And then we could touch upon something else we talked about it's a separate focus, but it's very vital and important to your, the, the ability to, to just minimize mm-hmm. damage is already done in this yeah, scenario, I know. but minimizing downtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can get the property flipped quicker yeah. to get it back on the market, to have an income producing again. And that is speed of which you can do a turn. Mm-hmm. So obviously we, we took a hit back in March because we had an F3 tornado come through and, light up about 28 of our rentals and, uh, so a lot of insurance claims a lot of uh, no serious injuries thankfully but uh, significant insurance claims so our contractors that's just us yeah there no. were hundreds of homes that were damaged so so our contractors were busy not only on our stuff but other other stuff because they're just a shortage of contractors to handle volume and normally you know and this is where an owner client has to be on top of it as well. So we're going to provide multiple bids in a bid comparison format, um, submit that to an owner for approval, but it's going to take us, you know, we, we allow five to seven days to obtain bids from sure. all vendors. So we can do that bid comparison, submit it to the owner for funding, review and funding, mm-hmm. clarification on anything we need to clarify. But honestly, if we can get funding right away, we typically can do a term in an additional 10 to 14 days. Yeah. We're talking even a heavy term. We've yeah. done heavy so terms in that time. Conservatively, we're talking uh, seventeen to twenty-one days mm-hmm. if if everything's going well. Now, where you get derailed, it's like I had to address a couple uh, this morning on some of our clients, mm-hmm. and then we put a projected completion date mm-hmm. out if the owner will approve and fund the bids. Yeah, approve the bids before I went on a vacation last week mm-hmm. and they still hadn't funded them until Correct. I, until I became involved today mm-hmm. and they've gone on and funded those, those terms. So, and then in that process, it takes a couple of days for that money to drop into our account so we can pay those vendors out on the initial draws mm-hmm. for materials, but all that stuff comes into play. And the more you drag your feet and really, you know, and, and whether it's the property manager or the investor, sure. I mean, it could be, a, it could be a combination of everybody involved. 
could be the contractor. Mm-hmm. But it's important that we do our very best to minimize that that time for for turn because then you've got your days on market time on top of that. Well, let's say let's say you you delay your response back to your home your 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 property manager on a Friday. Yep. Property manager sent you the bids completed. Hey, if you'll fund this, tell me which one you want to go with and fund it, and we'll go ahead and hit hit go to the prop to the to the contractor. Today, now that your property manager sent that to you at two thirty on a Friday, yeah, I'll get to it in a minute. I'll I'll look at it, but really, I got to go do this. I'm playing around to golf. I've got drinks. I got to go to whatever it is. You wait until Monday afternoon. You're I got to remember to sign that. Well, it's been two days. In that two days time period, guess who didn't stop working? Your property manager and that general contractor, and they're adding because when we send you a time frame, when we send you a bid, it's based on current. It's based on current work projection. Now, if you've waited a half a day, and a half a day doesn't seem like a lot, but it's half a day plus a weekend plus work orders over the weekend. Yeah, so you have two half days. Two half days. So really, you're you're impacting four four days. days. Now, that's that's not four days later on the term. That could be eight days later on the term because things have fallen in between there. It's an exponential growth when you're not doing your part. Right. Because something, because nothing ever stops. No, nothing ever stops. stops. We didn't hold your place in line because right. you didn't get back to us. It's we move to the next thing because that's how we have to, to run a business. And so is our general contractors. And so has everybody else. And so when you get back to, well, I, I, I told you as soon as I saw the email, I sent it to you at 2.30 on Friday. Well, I responded today. It's Monday. It's the next day. It's not the next well, day. And we understand. That brings up a, we do. a very important point we talk you know, often about is constant communication. So we sure. understand the importance. And we have an internal procedure to where we're re- replying to clients within a 24-hour time span, uh, regardless of the volume. And um, so trying to, try to adhere to that and constantly remind team members that that's important. At the same time, we need to remind to your point, prompt responses, keep things moving forward yeah. and make the client more profitable because mm-hmm. we're making the decision or, you know, the same thing. You could, you could look at that like an after hours call or weekend where an AC unit's out mm-hmm. and we dispatch somebody to take a look at it. And let's just say it's, you've given us a $250 pre-approval limit. It's a $300 repair. We still have to get your approval to do the repair. Mm-hmm. And we have protocol and procedure in place for that. But, you know, all of a sudden you've waited and now it's Monday before you've responded. And we've had a, a resident in the 95 degree heat that's coming this week. Yeah. Um, they've been sitting all weekend with no AC and they're not happy. I wouldn't be happy if it were my house. But where that impacts you is that because renewal. people have that long-term memory. Yes, they do. About that, at least more people are going to remember the bad experience way longer than they ever experienced that that. Oh, that's got a good price. This house was nice when I moved into it, whatever. Well, I had to wait all weekend to not sweat to death. I mean, it was well, 100 course, degrees in this house. My daughter uh, is a psychology major, and she, she told me that one time. I can't remember her exact stats, but how many positive things it takes to overcome one negative. Yeah, it's got to be a large number. It, it is. It's exponentially. More. I'm sure it has to be. Um, but... But that's where it impacts. And it, it may seem like a small thing. It's like, well, maybe I couldn't have gotten the repair person to come out to my house if it were my own personal house mm-hmm. for a couple of days. There's a chance of that. But, I mean, we're, we're staffed with our contractors and our on-call services to get people out there immediately and get things fixed that are, that are true emergencies. And there's a resident expectation because we expect a lot from our residents. That's right. They in- and our landlords and our owners, because ultimately, yeah, it might not, we got to hold them to lease. Sure, we're gonna hold them. Look, we got it out of a reasonable time frame. We can do all the things that are right. Right, right is a separate issue. So, you said a keyword there. You said reasonable. Sure. So you can adhere somebody to a lease. Uh huh. Without being reasonable, of course, I mean, you to can. the letter of the contract. Yep. You can be that person, but at the same point, if you're reasonable with with a resident, the resident's going to be more reasonable with you. Sure, be more reasonable with your landlord. So there, you know, there's, and that's again, that's a, that's the definition of a triple win. Absolutely, reasonable. Everybody's getting reasonable benefit from mm-hmm. something. Absolutely, but it's, it's exactly that. But 
if, for instance, you, you you just it's the same thing we talk about um, even internally when we're in the right, we're in the right, but somebody's still unhappy. You can have done the right thing. And look, I'm sorry, I didn't reply to your request over a weekend. I don't have to on the weekend. I was gone. Maybe I saw it, but I didn't decide that I wanted to stop and answer and respond. Look, it's Monday. I got to it as quick as I could. It's the first business day back. That's fine. That's a reasonable response. But the reality is just because you're in the right doesn't mean that that tenant cares that you're in the right. Because does that, do you think that that tenant is going to renew that lease? Are they going to go find someplace else? Does that mean that that tenant's going to make sure that, well, you know what? I mean, I was vacuuming the carpet every day. I was doing this. I was taking super good care of this. But, you know, I was doing everything that I could to take super good care of this property. This homeowner surely doesn't care that I'm taking care of it as good as I am because they don't, they're not taking care of it on their end. It sets a level of expectations that, that a resident's going to, reasonably give back to you and and, and that's the that's why and and like we've done it in in here when we were right to a homeowner we don't have to do that that's not what what our job is it's the same thing as like when i hear someone say well that's not my job yeah but can you do it there's a lot of things that aren't someone's job but like i'm not asking you to do a lot this is a triple win just can you handle this thing for me real quick because i need this well that's not in my job description okay fine I'll go find someone who, who, who's willing to do the thing for me because Hopefully you're not coming across it very often. You just, you'd, you'd be surprised, but that's, that's not a mentality that we want to have. That's not a mentality, but it's, it's, that's not how you make a triple win. Saying things like that's not my job. So you're, you're referring to kind of like the DMV worker that doesn't want to do anything outside the structure of their window, basically. And I, everybody always picks on the DMV workers, but that's a mentality. And of course, it's like, I'm here. I'm not going to do anything more than what I have to do. And well, there's a reason that that's like the eternal depiction of hell, according <laughs> to some people. The DMV bureaucracy at its uh, peak. But I mean, like, that's, these are all the reasons why the triple win is important. These are all the reasons, like, and this is a very shortened view, in my opinion, of like, every reason of why we do what we do like if we went through because these are just like the bullet points we could go through what why do i price a thing why, why do i look at a poly why is a polygon important for a lot of reasons yeah, you put it on thousands of different tasks. because we do so many tasks all day every day and every version of it has a reason and they all tie in with each other that's what's so crazy is it's like a uh there's there's a there's a geometric pattern that i'm trying to think of what it's called but but it's a bunch of strange on their own. They don't feel like they should work together. But when you mosaic them together, it makes a big, they, they all very clearly fit exactly where they're supposed to get. There's a word for it. I can't think of what it is, but it, that's exactly what this is. Every little thing that we do fits together. There, there's a reason that I, I need you to agree with me on X, Y, or Z. There's a reason that we need to send this email out first. There's a reason that I've got to call this person, but there's a reason that this has got to happen the way it goes because this is how we operate as a company. Yeah, and it's, you know, a great example of that. Today, I've got a, you know, we've got a a junior team member that, you know, is you're always in a training state. And uh, so he's dealing with, uh, with a client and clients, doesn't live in the area. So it's important that we be eyes and ears and feet, right? And uh, so basically, you know, the guy's getting ready to sell the property and we've gone through, we had uh, a general contractor come in and do a bunch of repairs. And there's still a few items that uh, need to get wrapped up this week. And, you know, I think there might be five tasks that he's asked that we focus on. And, uh, and then we'll do a you know, coordination with the contractor and then QC it when it's all done and then do everything on Z inspect and send it to the owner uh, for verification before funding takes place. So, but the, the whole thing was, Hey, can you take care of being our junior team member? It's like, you know, I don't want you to just answer that question. I want you to <laughs> proactively answer that question. There's a difference to that. So it's kind of like management, mm-hmm. being a proactive manager versus being a reactive manager. So we'd much rather be a proactive property management company. So in that spirit, 
that's like one of the things it's like, okay, let's go back and let's review the photos together in training mode. It's like, okay, so what about this towel rack? I see the brackets on the wall. He didn't mention it in his list of things to do, mm-hmm. but I need to know, is the towel bar there somewhere? Yeah. And you don't have to answer me right now, but at the same time, if it's not there, I want you to automatically go to step B, which yeah. is I want you to go buy the towel rack. I want you to swap it out with the one on the wall. Mm-hmm. If it needs to be mudded, mudded we're going to get the general contractor, whatever we need yes. to do to make this right. And um, and honestly, it's because the junior associate missed that in this initial report. So we're going to take the steps and we're going to solve the issue. And my thing is, I don't want problem identifiers. I want problem solved Correct. on the team, right? So he goes, you know, I, I get that. That makes a lot more sense. Otherwise, we're going back and forth for three or four emails yeah. where he tells me to go ahead and fix it. And this way, he's not having to ask for it. I'm volunteering to have it taken care of. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the type of culture we want to create. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I always tell, uh, I told you when I hired you, everybody that I interview with and I, I actually get the opportunity to do all second and final interviews mm-hmm. with my managers, is my personal philosophy in business is to always keep our foot on the gas. When mm-hmm. we quit doing that, easy, that's people. We're not challenged. We don't enjoy what we do. Matter of fact, we may even go so far as to become the DMV worker. <laughs> um, so it's it's all to combat that. But I challenge everybody when I hire them in. It's like, we're going to keep the foot on the gas. So if you're in for that type of experience, then we're going to have a great relationship. Well, and, and what we mean by keep our foot on the gas, that, that's in every aspect. It's... Right. It's, I mean, it's why we implement new policies and procedures. It's, it's we find a new thing. Oh, this, this is a cool thing that we could do. This is better. CPPR is relatively out. new. I mean, but then we're going to always try and get April, more properties. April 2020. April 2020. No, yeah, absolutely. You look at it and you go, boom, there was the day. I mean, it's, it's, we're going to always add more properties. We're going to always add more services. We're going to always do that. And because to sit in one place, I don't, I couldn't do that. Right. I can't be you know, to be the, to be best in anything, yeah. you have to repeatedly practice. Practice yeah. makes perfect. I mean, there's uh, hundreds of, of sayings that you could apply right here. But the thing is, it's, you know, I, I want our folks to come to work, enjoying what they do, looking forward to work each day, not resenting the fact that they have to come into the office and, and do their job. So that's not who we are. And, um, you know, and that, you know, and that kind of gets back to why we do what we do. It's because we love what we do. Yeah, absolutely. And I have found in the industry, I've said this hundreds of times, when I talk to people about joining the team, people either love property management or they hate <laughs> property management. There's no middle, middle ground there. And, and if they're in that middle space, it doesn't really exist. They just haven't figured out which category they fall into. Well, they're, they're, and they're like, I mean, it's fine, I guess. That's what I do. Yeah, it's a paycheck. But you know, you're, I don't know anybody that just feels that way. I don't know anybody. No. People hate because you don't stay doing there. this. Don't stay there very long. You, no, you don't. You most of the time, if they're in that position, mm-hmm. they don't love what they do. Yeah, of course they don't. They're headed toward the. Yeah, the, I hate what I, I hate. What I, do. I, I know a lot of people that hate the idea of property management and hate property managers. But then, like, I know so many people in Narcom that like I couldn't do anything. Like for real, I it, I couldn't go from. What I do now, back to just working with investors no, and selling properties. Oh my God! Well, why? Why isn't there also other things to do? Look, you want me to tell you how to handle this after? Look, you just sold me the house. I don't need you to walk me through everything. But I do. This is all I do now. I mean, like I couldn't go back. I couldn't take a step back. I I don't think I could physically do that. I, I would lose my mind. It, it, it's kind of like my my talk with my wife. She always chuckles at me because it's like, "What do you want to do in retirement?" When, whenever we do get there, it's like. Uh, well, I'm going to open up a, a boutique management <laughs> business. I'm going to do this again. I'm going to manage uh, vacation rentals and uh, take care of people's lake, lakefront properties. Actually, funny story is I have a, I have a friend uh, from uh, from California to Denton, Georgia. Yeah. It's just killing it. And was really retirement. People figured out what she did for a living uh, prior to retirement. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, she's managing a portfolio. <laughs> I just wanted these one or two. Yeah, no, so, Here's 120. But keep yourself busy. I mean, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be me one of these days. So 
but anyways, that's, I hope that answered a lot of questions anyone might have had about, you know, A, you know, why we do what we do, uh, triple one philosophy. Um, I, I don't think this episode has, has a uh, final thoughts because this whole thing was a final thoughts, Brian. It really was. It, it, this entire episode is like, Many, many episodes and many in between episodes, both of us talking like this is a good point. We should we should say something about this. And it's like this is this is this is an hour of final thoughts. That's all this was. I thought about something today. We haven't done this to this point, but I would I would very much like to start doing this going forward. So for our listeners uh, that are out there, you know, we always say, okay, if you have any questions or just want to reach out to us, you can do that by going to podcast at ahiproperties.com. Mm-hmm. Still encourage everybody to do that. What I'd like to add is a, a kind of a twist is if there is a topic from an investor standpoint that you want us to touch on and do an episode on, if How you, do you kind, handle X? Exactly. Be so kind, reach out to us by email, podcast at ahiproperties.com. Jonathan and I will get that, and then we'll, we'll start to work on that. that. I think that would be a, a wonderful way to interact. I will add this. Listeners. I will add this. Something. Please, in that email, let me know, do you care if I shout your name out about this or not? If you want to stay anonymous, that's fine. Yeah. But otherwise, I'm going to be like, hey, listen to this great listener said this. This is a great point. Let's talk about it for an hour. So, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, most of our listeners have listened to all episodes we recorded. If you haven't had a chance, go back and listen. Uh, there's, there's a ton of great information out there. I haven't even listened to the episode we just released, which was Pinata. Lucy uh, or Lily. Yeah, yeah, I called her Lucy again. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Lily, if you're listening, just send me a dirty, just like a, just send me a, a finger via email. Just like if you can't get my name right. Uh, but a great episode. Uh, we're excited about our, our partnership with those guys and, uh, and, and touching upon, you know, stickiness with residents. Uh, it's just a great episode to listen to and some fun that are attracting more renters and uh, you know, the other truth of, of our current market condition is, you know, it won't stay this way forever. Oh, it definitely it's a perfect won't. storm right now. And there'll come a time when all this stuff matters even more than it does right now. And that's attracting residents, I mean, reducing entry. If we look at if we look at our average number of homes in portfolio, we normally keep around twelve hundred right now that we're just like a hair below eleven right now. That's a that's a good thing to sh- like. It's not just all all selling. It's I mean there's there's some portfolios that have gone. From, there's, but, some, there's some movement. There's some investors. movement. Uh, there's a there's some of that going on. But the thing is, it's like everything's tight right now. I mean, yeah. Rental availability, uh, investment property availability sure. is tight. You have some big. Well, that, that's where that's where I'm at right now with, with with our acquisitions teams yeah. and things like that. Well, what I'm what we're looking at with investors is you're going to make an offer on a property. It's gone before yeah, be it's, to move. it's gone before you've said, hey, we're interested. Ah, it's already gone. So, so I mean that's that's how that's part of the reason that we haven't replenished and 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 gone gone back to where we were. And we'll get there. Yeah. It's just the market is uh pretty it's incredible right now. And I, I've got a lot of investors that we're not even getting them into the program because they're doing flips and things like that because that's also right this moment. Pretty darn attractive. It is. It is. You know, ultimately, we're okay with all these strategies. It's just being able to work with our clients uh, for what's going to be in their best interest. Mm-hmm. And, and we talked about that earlier. It's like the first thing we do is, what do you want to do? Yeah, yeah. That's that's ultimate. Yeah, that's how I want to end this. That's what we are here for. Is we are here to ask you, what are you looking to do? Where, where are you trying to end up? What is your, what is your goal? We're happy to do that. That's the first question we're going to ask. What's your end goal? What's your end goal? So with that, I think uh, we'll just say until next time. Keep buying. Keep buying. Keep learning. And keep earning. Thank you so much. Hey guys, Brian and Jonathan here. Today we're going to talk about one of our awesome partners, Pinata. Pinata is an out-of-the-box solution to give your renters additional rewards and incentives, increase on-time rent payments, 
lease renewals, collections, and best of all, it improves overall renter satisfaction. With Pinata, on-time rent payments increase on average of 2% in the first six months of use. Reporting rent payments to the credit bureaus can help renters increase their credit score on average of 40 points. And we're excited to be partnered with Pinata. So to learn more, visit pinata.ai. The songs Lobby Time, Retro Future Clean, and Rocket Power were created by Kevin McLeod of Incomputech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Visit creativecommons.org licenses by 3.0 on the web.